Welcome everybody. Today is Monday, December 23rd, and this is Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast brought to you by Slab Stocks. I am your host, Nate, and uh, I am very excited about this podcast. Last week we had a baseball podcast. I didn't really have a name for it. I called it Off-Season Update. It was an Off-Season Update, but now I have a name, and it is Dinging Corners. If you're asking yourself, where in the world did that name come from? It's kind of twofold. On one hand, I have dinging, which is kind of a play on dinger, a term for a home run. And you have corners. There's corner infielders. There's corner outfielders. So you got that. And then dinging corners combined is for my propensity for dropping cards on their corners and dinging them. I've dropped many, many a card. Ronald Acuna rookie almost dropped a Vlagro top sapphire card one time. So it's been a pretty... Ep- big epidemic for me, dropping cards on their corners. Uh, you can ask Aaron. He uh, doesn't even let me like handle his cards anymore. That's how nervous he is. They're just going to tumble out of my hands and drop on the corners. So that is where the name come from, comes from, Dinging Corners. This will be our baseball podcast, and we'll try to have one out every week. We'll cover different subjects every single week. You know, it might be guys from the draft. It might be guys from the MLB. Um, this week we're going to be covering pitching. Um, specifically why people don't like investing in pitching prospects, why I think it's bogus that they don't like it, and a couple of pitchers that I kind of have my eye on going into the season. Not specifically that I love them from an investment standpoint right now, but I'd like to track them. So uh, why don't we get into the podcast a little bit and talk about um, what many of you have probably heard in your time as investors and if you're new here you will eventually hear guaranteed and that is that people think that investing in pitchers is bad they say oh never invest in pitchers that's rule number one never invest in pitchers all they do is invest in hitters well if you go that route one you lose half of the autos in every single checklist and two you're leaving money on the table and in some cases, like Aaron and mine, big, big money on the table. Uh, when you're looking at pitchers, number one, their prices already reflect the risk you have investing in them. You get a top 10 pitcher, <coughs> excuse me, you get a top 10 pitcher like Nate Pearson, or top 10 prospect like Nate Pearson, um, Forrest Willie, somebody like that, and they are $45, $50, $60 a base auto. If you had a top 10 player at any other position, they're at least $100. Jared Kalinick, top 10 prospect, right? He's like $120 a base auto. But for pitchers, they are 45 to like 60 for a top 10 prospect. So the, the risk is already built into your entry price point, right? So... I don't get the people that are like, oh, I never invest them. You'll invest $120 into Jared Kalinick, but you won't invest $20 into, uh, I don't know, Matthew Liebertor, right? Um, just because he's a pitcher. So I think that's a bogus excuse. I think people are lazy when it comes to investing in pitchers or even researching pitchers. And I think that is a beneficiary or a, um, it can be a benefit to us who invest in pitchers or to you who are potentially looking to 
broaden your horizons on investments and can get into pitching. Um, a really nice and easy way to make money. Aaron and, my, Aaron and I ourselves, I told him to invest in Forrest Whitley. He invested like $2,000 and made like $6,000 a couple summers ago. I told him uh, we had both invested in Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning worked really well for us. We made a lot of money on him. Uh, told a bunch of people to invest in Josiah Gray from the Dodgers. You know, at the time he was $3, and I was looking at him because he was a Division II college pitcher that had some success but was relatively raw to pitching but had a lively arm and a good secondary stuff. And I said, you know what? He really has no bad, probably bad training at all. You get these kids that have years and years and years of pitching coaches and, and other teachers along the way that are not good pitching coaches. They're not professional pitching coaches anyways. Maybe they're good, but they're not professional. And then you get into a system and there's probably a lot of bad mechanics that need to be fixed with a guy like Josiah Gray and a team like the Dodgers who are very good at producing pitching I thought it was a match made in heaven raw prospect no real bad trades yet and a team that's really good at getting the most out of their pitchers and sure enough he went from three dollars to almost twenty six dollars a base auto in one season uh what they're at right now I can't tell you there's probably a drop in the offseason I wouldn't be shocked if they're around fifteen dollars right now ten to fifteen but you know, huge money to be made there. If you would have bought in Josiah Gray at the start of the year, he'd have been a $3 auto. The risk is that you lose $3. The upside is, you know, maybe not $26 every single time, but there's huge upside there. And that's for every pitcher every year. Well, not every pitcher, but the, a lot of pitchers every single year out of the draft. There are guys that you can make money on, that you can invest in cheaply. Say you put in 20 bucks, and you get... I don't know, five J.J. Goss cards. If it doesn't pan out, you might be out $16. You sell them each for a buck, get some shipping on there, maybe make a few extra dollars. And if it does pan out, it goes from 5 to 10 relatively easily, maybe 5 to 15 relatively easily, and you're making double, triple your money for a really small investment. So that's where I stand on pitching. I think a lot of people take the lazy route they one time heard that there was, you know, somebody somewhere along the way said, oh, I never invest in pitching one bad pitch and you can injure your arm. And they said that to three other guys, and those three guys said it to three other guys, and pretty soon it was just canon. It was investment canon that you were not supposed to invest in pitchers. Well, I call that bogus, and I'm here to give you a couple of guys that I really like as investments or I think could do well as investments um, coming out of this draft. And I also want you to never not invest in pitchers just because somebody told you to. If you decide on your own that it's not for you, fine. But if somebody just told you never invest in pitchers and you just took it and went along with it, I'm here to tell you that there's real money to be made in pitching and that not doing it because of a little risk is foolish because there's risk in everything we do on the investment side for sports cards. Andrew Luck. Nobody would have thought he was risking. He retired, up and retired. So there's risk everywhere. Uh, rejecting half of the baseball cards that come out because they're pitchers is, is mind-boggling to me. And especially mind-boggling since we've made thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, Aaron tripled up on his investment on Forrest Whitley in one summer. Triple. 
sure you can hit the right you can hit the right uh, uh, hitting prospect and triple up your money, but it's not extremely easy to do that. I mean, I invested in Juan Soto when it was one hundred thirty-five dollars a base auto, and he got up to three fifty that year. He's up to five fifty now, but I would have had to hold it for two years. So, you know, three fifty is nice, but it's not exactly triple, right? Um, so I, I'm rambling here, but I just want to get a, the point across that there is money to be made in pitching and I want you guys to be able to make it. All right. So let's look at a couple of guys that I've got listed off here as potential investments for starters. I've got Brendan Malone. He is the Diamondbacks pitching prospect. He was drafted in the second round this year, I believe 30. Excuse me, not second round, uh, first comp round, A. Uh, and he was picked 33rd overall. Fangraphs gives him a 60 fastball, a 55 slider, a 55 curve, a 50 changeup, and 50 command. Anytime you can get a plus pitch, two above average pitches, and at least average command out of a high schooler, I'm willing to bet on that guy. When you combine it with a team like the Dimebacks that have had John Duplantier, Robbie Ray, Patrick Corbin, and even young guys in their minors that did well last year like Levi Kelly and Matt Tabor. I'm willing to bet on the high schooler that has nice stuff and gets into a good situation. And the Dimebacks are a pretty good situation right now. Not the top of the list of good situations. There's a couple teams that are better. But they're a decent situation for a pitcher to land in, and I like the chances of a Brendan Malone athletic 6'4", 205-pound kid to be able to play up in that system. Um, he didn't do great in rookie ball last year, uh, and you can get him pretty cheap. So I'm not saying go out and spend, like Aaron went out and spent $2,000 on Forrest Willie. I'm not telling anybody to do that. That's crazy. I almost had a heart attack every time he texted me so telling me he got more Forrest Willie. Like it was all summer. Hey, Nate, I just got five more Forrest Whitley base cards. Hey, I just got a black Forrest Whitley base or auto. Hey, I just got an orange Forrest Whitley auto. I almost died because I didn't know how much money he was spending, but I knew it was a lot. But if you can get a couple cards for, you know, a $50 investment and sit on it for a summer, I'm pretty sure Brendan Malone could get you a good return on that. And if you're wondering about his prices... We're sitting at about $10 for a base auto and a refractor auto. You know, the prices here are kind of wacky. They are all over the place in the early going for a Bowman draft that have just come out. But for the most part, you're looking at $10 for a base and a refractor auto, and that's shipped. And then I pulled a gold wave auto out of 50. Uh, that sold on the 22nd for $35 shipped. So, you know, 35 bucks for a gold wave. You just buy that. Sit on it. If it doesn't work... You can probably get $35 later, $20 minimum, and if it does work, he's got a plus fastball, an above-average slider, above-average curve, and average command. If he can just use that and dominate dominate A ball, doesn't even need to play in double A. You can sell him before he even gets to double A. Dominate A ball, watch him go up to ten to you know 15 bucks, and you're making $5 per card. That's easy, you know 50% on top. So Brennan Malone's my first guy. Um, number two is Daniel Espino. 
You'll remember Daniel Espino. He's the Indians' first-round pick. He was picked 23rd overall, 24th overall, my bad. And he, <coughs> excuse me, he was one of those guys that had um, kind of, before the year started, he was one of those guys that looked like he could have been a first overall pick. Now, high school pitchers never go first overall. They should never go first overall. Hunter Green and Tyler Kolek are big warning signs for that. But if they have that, yeah, what word am I looking for here? If they have that excitement around them to be a top like 10 pick and then they drop, there's a reason they drop. There's always a reason they drop. But I'm willing to bet that they can revert to their old ways find their old form and Daniel Espino is young he's 18 he's about to turn 19 in January he's 6'2 205 pounds and he's got a 65 future grade fastball or 65 right now 65 in the future 65 now so that's really good a 60 future slider 55 now a 55 future curveball which is above average slider is a 60 is a plus so whenever I say plus think 60 on the 2080 scale whenever I say above average think 55 and then a 65 is not quite plus plus because it's 70 is plus plus but it's it's above plus and they give him a future 50 command so a three a nice three pitch mix with a slightly below average change but if he can command it and he can swing sequence his pitching pitches well with the three plus pitches uh it could be very exciting and he gets drafted by the indians which is an exciting team for me because the indians have obviously had trevor bauer and Corey Kluber, and Carlos Carrasco, and Mike Clevenger, who is a Cy Young candidate for me, in my mind, I believe uh, Mike Clevenger could be a Cy Young candidate. If you get some of his autos right now, I think they're like 15 to $20, could be a pretty good buy. Um, but that's not for today. And then they had Shane Bieber, um, who was obviously dominant last year, along with Clevenger. So they've produced some amazing, amazing pitching talent. Daniel Espino getting to be in that system excites me. The amount of nasty stuff he has excites me, and I can't wait to watch to see what he does. Obviously, these names are names that you can invest in right now, um, but I usually like to wait and watch guys. I never get in at the lowest amount, but I like to be sure that they could keep going up. Right now, with draft just coming out and us only having watched like half a season, I'm not 100% sure. You can't really get anything from their rookie ball stats or their low A stats. But if you wait a little bit, watch them, you can uh, be more sure of what they have and then invest. And Daniel Espino, <coughs> he had a base auto for his last base auto went for 15 shipped. We've got a green auto out of 99 that went for 50 and a black auto out of 75 that went for 55. So he's a little bit more expensive than Brennan, Brennan Malone um, for good reason. He landed in a slightly better spot. I think people are much more likely to trust the Indians than they are the Diamondbacks. But still, 55 bucks for a black auto, that's not bad. If he can do what he did leading up to his senior year in high school, you know, you're, you're looking at over $100 for a black auto. That's how good of a pitching prospect he was. And we'll see if he can get back there. There's no guarantees, especially because we haven't really seen too much of him. He threw 23 innings last year. A 1980 ERA in rookie ball, 
in 13 innings and a 6.30 ERA in 10 innings in A minus ball. So you can't really gain much from that. I will say this he did strike out 40% of the guys he faced in A minus, but also gave up the most runs. He gave up eight, seven earned runs in 10 innings. And yet he struck out 18. So there's definitely nasty stuff there. He will just have to control it better. Moving on, we've got Quinn Priester from the Pirates. Quinn Priester is an <coughs> Illinois kid, which is kind of uncommon for cold-weather state to get a kid drafted 17th or 18th overall and he, like he was by the Pirates. Quinn Priester is a nice, nice player. He's got a plus fastball, above-average curve, a projected above average change and above average command. I almost like this setup better because he's got both the fastball, the curve, and the changeup. You need a curve and a changeup to be able to get both sides of the plate out. Um, if you just have breaking balls, you're going to move the ball away from same-handed hitters but into opposite-handed hitters, whereas the changeup will combat that and drop the other way. So you can move it away from, if you're a righty, you can move it away from a lefty and so on um so because you never want the ball to drop into the bat path right you don't want to throw a slider and curve it right into the sweet spot of a left-handed hitter's zone if you're a righty so i like this setup fastball curveball change up a little bit more than daniel espino who has a fastball curveball slider two breaking balls not as useful as as a breaking ball and an off-speed pitch and he has projected above average command, which is really nice. This is the first guy we talked about with projected uh, projected above average command. Um, is huge. Having good command is huge. You're looking at you're looking at you know guys that have uh, really really good command are like Zach Davies, stuff like that. Um, you'll you'll hear me never talk about a guy like Ethan Small on here. Ethan Small is a very good college pitching pitcher. The Brewers drafted. But he has a below average curve and he's a junk baller with really good junk, right? Um, but you aren't going to get a ton of investment value out of him. Like nobody's going to invest in Kyle Hendricks or Zach Davies, guys with fastballs that top out at 88, 89, and rely on pinpoint command and, in like Zach Davies' case, a absolutely filthy changeup to do really well. Zach Davies had like a 355 ERA last year. Um, which is really nice in 160 innings. He got he got traded the other week by the Brewers to the Padres. Like he's a really nice pitcher. Love to have him on my team. Don't love to invest in him. And so a guy like Ethan Small, same type of thing. Good command, good secondary pitches, but not a good fastball. Nothing overpowering. He needs that command to play up. The thing about Quentin Priester is he's got above average fastball or plus fastball above average curve and change and above average command so that's very exciting um another th exciting thing about it is that he landed on the pirates the pirates have obviously had you know mitch keller and tyler glass now even though tyler glass now is on the Rays now and it's probably because of the Rays he's done well but he did he was a top prospect with the pirates jameson talion trevor williams he had a rough year last year but he had a really spectacular year the year before that um Though he didn't spend a ton of time in the minors, because he was a Marlin or a Mariners or a Marlins pitching prospect, um, 
but they've had a number of really nice pitching prospects in the past, and so I'm excited to see what they can do with Quinn Priester. Um, he, I don't, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about him. We've covered it all pretty much. So Quinn Priester is another guy to watch. 18th overall pick and very nice. He's 6'3", 195 pounds. And then fourth, we've got J.J. Goss, or Ghost Goss, G-O-S-S. Um, he's a Rays pitching prospect. Like all the teams before, obviously I love the Rays. We talk about this all the time on our live streams and stuff. The Rays are the one team that I'm always willing to bet on if they get a pitcher with decent stuff. And J.J. Goss has de- decent stuff. Um, the Rays obviously have Tyler Glass now, who we just talked about, who's done really well since they, he went there. And then in years past, they, you know, Blake Snell, Brendan McKay, Brent Honeywell. Last year, you know, Matthew Liebertor, who did really well in A-ball. So they've drafted some really nice players, and Matthew Liebertor is also a very good investment. He's like $15 a base auto. Uh, definitely check him out. Great investment opportunity there. But J.J. Goss is a 36th overall pick in the second round by the Rays. And he's got a reported 55 future fastball, a 60 slider, a 55 curve, 50 changeup, 50 command. So four average or better pitchers, average command, but on the Rays is huge. Like if that was on the Marlins, I wouldn't be nearly as excited because I don't trust the Marlins. If it was on the Orioles, I wouldn't be super excited because I don't trust the Orioles but it's on the Rays, and I believe that guys with decent stuff play up because of the Rays, and right now, his base auto is at 5 bucks, refractor's at 10 a gold wave out of 50 sold for $40, a gold for out of 50 sold for 90 like, for $5? Yeah, give me J.J. Goss. See what the Rays can do. If the Rays can do anything like they did with Matthew Liebertor, all of a sudden he's a $15 auto. Even in the offseason, Matthew Liebertor is a $15 auto. He was probably up to around 20. Um, and you can get J.J. Goss for 5 bucks right now? If he doesn't pan out, what what are you out? 2 bucks, 3 bucks. You know, you can still probably sell it for 2 to 3 in the middle of the season. You can get it for 5 right now, and that's shipped. You know, you're not paying for extra for shipping. Like, there was one that went for like $1.50 plus $3.50 shipping. Um, so J.J. Goss, you know, above average stuff with average command on the Rays is huge. And if it doesn't work out, you're barely out anything because it's a $5 investment. If it does work out, you could be sitting on a gold mine if you just bought up all the J.J. Goss. You can get, I mean, you can literally get 100 base autos for 500 bucks. Now that I'm telling you to go spend a 500 bucks on J.J. Goss because that is risky, but you spend 50 and get 10 base autos, and he goes up to 15, he pitches well in A ball and goes up to 15, or even if he just goes up to 10, right? You're sitting on an extra $50, and you didn't have to even worry about it. Um, so J.J. Goss is a huge thing. I am just now noticing that I did not cover Quinn Priester's prices, so we're going to go back briefly and talk about that. Quinn Priester had a $7 for base auto. Um, pulled a, There was a green auto out of 99 that went for 20 and purple auto out of 250 that went for 15 So prices are all over the price. You know, you wouldn't be expecting a purple to sell for only five less dollars than a green, but relatively they are really all small prices. And for a guy like Quinn Priester with his stuff, 
um, yeah, decent, <coughs> decent price. Seven dollars, you can't go wrong. Um, it's, I guess, at the, this point, how much do you trust the Pirates? I like them. I don't think I don't trust them as much as I would trust the Indians or the Rays. And then lastly, uh, after J.J. Goss, I have another Rays pitching prospect, and that is Shane Baz. Obviously, he is not from this year's draft. He was from a couple years ago. But Shane Baz is still so undervalued. Let me read you his future rankings for his pitches per, per fan graphs. They give him a 60 fastball, a 60 curveball, a 50 change, a 60 cutter, and a 45 command. Now, the 45 command is scary. That's below average command, and you would like at least average command. But he did really well in A-ball last year as a 20-year-old. 81 innings, a 9.63K per 9, a 299 ERA, but he ran a 4.09 walk uh, walk per 9. And a .55 home run per 9, which was really good. Now, three above-average pitches, below-average command. What do we make of it? Personally, I am willing to bet on the Rays being able to get him at least to average command and letting his pitches play up. I wouldn't be shocked if one of his fastball or curveball or cutter that's a 60 right now becomes a 65-70 pitch in the future because that's how good the Rays are. If you can get him to 50 command and one really dominant pitch, you could be looking at one of the best pitchers in the minor leagues. Easy. He already is probably one of the best pitchers in the minor leagues. People just don't talk about him. If you get him, you know, just a little bit extra command, I wouldn't be shocked to see him be a top 30 prospect by the end of the year, top 20, top 30. Um, so Shane Baz, very interesting player. Extremely, extremely exciting for me, I guess. I really, really like him. He was in that deal with Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now for... Uh, why can't I think of his name? Chris Archer. Um, so Chris Archer, who had like a five-something ERA last year for Austin Meadows, who was amazing, Tyler Glass now, who was amazing, and Shane Baz, who only pitched an A-ball, but was amazing and is a huge, huge undervalued asset uh, investment-wise. His base autos, one just went for $10. A refractor auto just went for 20 December 8th. To $20 might be a little high, um, but, you know, these cards don't pop up very often, so people just pay what they pay and just hope that he goes above that in the future because you're just not getting very many opportunities to get him. Since, um, let's see, since October 31st, in November, start in November, you had the chance to get one, two, three, four. Eight autos. Since the start of November, you've only had the chance to buy on eBay eight Bowman Chrome autos of Shane Baz. So there's people that are just willing to pay, you know, what what they have to to be able to get Shane Baz. And I'm okay with it. I think he's amazing enough where you can get solid value, especially if you're paying $10 a base auto, $20 a refractor for a guy like that. I wouldn't be shocked. Like Nate Pearson last year where... I said, you know, 10 to $15, he's nasty. At the very least, he looks like a guy that's going to be a dominant closer, and if he gets that, he's still a 10 to $15 base auto guy. And if he gets any command, extra command, he could be way higher. Well, all of a sudden, middle of the season, he's like a 45 to $50 guy, Nate Pearson. 
I wouldn't be shocked if Shane Baz followed suit like that. So Shane Baz is another one of those guys that I really love, and I think he could be a huge investment. So to recap here very quickly, we had five guys. Brennan Malone, he's a $10 base. Daniel Espino, who's a $15 base. Quinn Priester, who's like a $7 base. J.J. Goss, who's a $5 base. And Shane Baz, who's a $10 base. All very interesting players because of the teams they landed on and because of their pitch selection and pitch grades. All risks, obviously, because they're pitchers and people don't like investing in pitchers, but I love it. And all going to be, you know, staples, I think, in people's investments next year. Um, Not to say that they can't fail, but I'd be willing to bet on these guys more so than other players. And you can get in, I mean, you can buy a J.J. Goss. You can buy four J.J. Gosses for the price of one O'Neill Cruz. And while I love O'Neill Cruz, I'd be willing to take the bet on four J.J. Gosses because um, if O'Neill Cruz doesn't work out, a base auto at 20 drops to 10. Whereas if J.J. Goss doesn't work out very well, his base auto might drop to 2 to 3, and you're losing less money. Um, so there is my little recap on pitching, why I like pitching, you know. The risk is already built in. So to recap, I'll recap. The risk is already built in. You can't get a top 100 or you know a top 10, top 15 prospect for $40 if he's a hitter. So the risk is already built in. Number 2, if you do your research, read everything you can on the guy, study his stuff, you know his pitches, his worth work ethic and know the system he's in you know, you can really solidify yourself at a solid investment. Don't go investing in just any random pitcher. You really got to know the system he's in and what he's got going for him and what parks he pitches in and everything. But if you do enough research, I guarantee you can make money. Aaron and I have never lost money on pitchers at all, and I don't plan to start now. And then number three is that in our recap is that if anybody ever tells you specifically I know there's going to be some people that listen to this and are vehemently against pitching I ask you to reconsider and just try it out try it out try buying a couple JJ Goss or a Quinn Priest or something and just see see what happens because there's money to be made for you if you just try it out but if you just go hard line no constantly you're cutting off half of your earning ability by just investing in hitters and then for those people that are new to investing and are listening to this i know we've got a lot of new people in most of them are basketball fans but if you're serious about investing you're going to want to invest in baseball baseball and basketball run the market uh football and hockey are and soccer are well behind if you're serious about investing you're going to want to learn baseball and a cheap way to get into baseball without having to buy the huge hitters is by buying pitchers Um, and especially if you're in college, I did it in college, Aaron did it in high school, we bought into pitchers because we didn't have a ton of extra money, still don't have a ton of extra money, and it was a good way to make, you know, if you put in $100, you make like $100 profit, a great way to make a little extra summer cash, if you will, um, and be able to spend it during the school year, so if you're new to this hobby, you know, just learn pitching, Easy to get in, get out, 
and uh, you can enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy pitching. I enjoy being able to, every fifth day, watching a guy pitch and see what happens. And that's another thing that we should cover is that, obviously, pitching a player can go up really high in one week because he can get hot for five games and have five games in a week. A pitcher, on the other hand, has to have a couple hot starts, which will be like a three-week stretch, you know, two-week-and-a-day stretch if he pitches every fifth day where uh, he'll he's going to need multiple hot days and he can have his price go up. But if he has one really cold day, his price goes down. So there is a risk there. But if you get the right guys in the right level, anything can happen. So... I'm a big believer in pitching. I know Aaron is a big believer in pitching. Talk to a couple guys that are big believers in pitching. I ask you guys to at least try it out the upcoming year. Maybe look at a couple of the guys I went over today, Brennan Malone, Daniel Espino, Quinn Priester, J.J. Goss, or Shane Baz. Or maybe look for your own guys in the draft or from previous years. Um, there's always guys that pop up every single year, and you can always find new names. Obviously, I'm not going to find every name. I... Aaron and I have done well at this, but, you know, we can't know everybody. So there's going to be guys every year that pop up and do well. And uh, I hope you guys find them. So that is the end of our Dinging Corners podcast brought to you by Slab Stocks. I'm very excited for the future of this podcast, hoping to get some interviews and stuff. We'll see how that goes. I've got a list of guys I would like to interview. We'll just see if we have enough sway to be able to get them to interview. Um, and, uh, I'm excited for what the future holds. I don't know if we'll get to another one of these before the new year. We really, we won't get to one before Christmas, so I wish all of you a Merry Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful time with family and friends. Um, eat a lot, get some gifts, give some gifts, uh, the whole nine yards. Really enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy time, relaxing, and having a good time with family and friends. And I want to thank you all for listening and helping Aaron and I along the way of our last year. We started Slab Stocks last year in July. Aaron started it, but we didn't really do anything when he went back to school. And it was really like January 1st where we ramped it up. So we're almost a year in, and it has been amazing the amount of support you guys have shown us it's been amazing the amount of people that have come forward and reached out and just said how much they appreciate what we do because you know when you start something you never know how it's going to do you don't know how people are going to receive it but sometimes you just got to jump two feet in and see what happens and we jump two feet in and it has been a huge blessing for us and i hope we can be a blessing to you guys um I really enjoy getting to do these podcasts. I enjoy getting to do Instagram stuff and Instagram lives and stuff like that. I enjoy getting to interact with you guys. I've interacted with some of you at Brewtown Trading Card Shop. I've interacted with some of you at The National. Um, It's all been very pleasant interactions, which I really appreciate. So I thank you all for listening. I just want you to know that around, you know, especially Christmas time when you should be you know, remember to be thankful and stuff that we are very thankful for you guys for listening to us and supporting us and being friendly and everything that goes along with running a online account. You know, the online world can be nasty sometimes, but 
for the last couple of months, everything is, everyone's been so positive, and that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to be positive. You know, sometimes we can get down on players, but we don't want to get down on um, players or humans from, like, a nasty standpoint. Maybe they have a bad game. We're like, ah, why'd they have to have a bad game? But we don't want to ever get down on you guys or us or players for myriad of reasons. So now I'm rambling. So we'll we'll wrap this up here. But thank you all again for a wonderful, wonderful 2019. I'm sure I will talk to you again on a podcast before 2019 closes. But I wish you all a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays.